Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for another episode of Viking Season 3, Episode 6, Born Again, written, of course, by Michael Hurst, directed by Helen Shaver. I watched this episode like a couple of weeks ago, but it's still hard to talk about the loss of Athelstan. I think that he and Ragnar had such a wonderful dynamic. It was the one of, I should say, the the top story arcs for me because it was two men coming outside of what they know and their faiths and finding a true friendship with each other. I know I joke all the time about the relationship being more so than that. That's just be personally shipping. But they really did have a very emotionally mature rapport. And it's taken away by the barbaric and ignorance of other people, particularly Floki, who didn't understand and refused to understand, unable to separate himself from his fanaticism uh, based on what he knows for his own God. So it is two people that think that they're doing things in the same manner, but I, in, in the ways of Floki, it didn't come from a religious place. It came from a purely human jealous one. And that is why I just could not deal with Floki this episode because he pissed me off so much, mainly because no matter how much Ragnar pleaded for, for him to simply allow his friend, he, he refused to do it. And now Ragnar's changed, as he says at the end of this episode, when he's talking to, to Athelstan is that I have changed. You have two. And by the end of it, when it goes off, it it certainly feels as if we have a much darker, insidious Ragnar that is emerging. And we couldn't we were seeing glimpses of and now he's fully embraced that. But now it is and as he says, his revenge. But I don't think that revenge is uh is altruistic as much as it is just like um just like with Floki a human (laughs) revenge a human emotion that he is going after but before we jump into the recap wherever listen to this podcast Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well if you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com you can also leave a comment below Let's go to Torin and Bjorn's story arc first. Not much to say other than Torin gives birth to a daughter and Bjorn names her Siggy. I thought that was very sweet because she gave her life to save her his brothers. Uh, Torin does agree to that, but even as she's given birth, she says, I don't want this child even as Bjorn continues to stand by her, she personally feels ugly, unattractive. She doesn't feel as if she has anything to give to such a great man. And her beauty was the only thing she felt she had to offer. So she ends up giving him permission to sleep with Torvi, which he at first demures to but she realizes that he has needs my guess is that she hasn't been giving him what he has wanted he stayed faithful but because uh Erlen there is there with Tovi on behalf of Earl Koff who's now going to be on the raid to Kattegat uh Torvi I'm sure she married Elendor as a way to to uh, save her child with Yal Borg because they did have a, a child together. And this makes sense 
their reunion, but she doesn't seem too happy with it. And is more than a little happy to have sex with uh, Bjorn on the beach. Just as, I don't know why we had to have that weird cut with him having sex and Athelstan being murdered, but I guess it's about beginnings and endings maybe. And that's all there is to that particular story arc. You know, um, Lagatha wasn't a huge part of this episode, but she was there to support her son. Let's go to England. In England, Judith finally is brought to some account for her adultery. And you see how they, they, uh, how they, uh, deal with adultery in England. You know, she usually would have had both of her ears and her nose cut off. However, when she starts to pretty much bring up the fact that this is Athelstan's son, because she didn't reveal who the father was up until this point. But after she gets one ear removed, she breaks down and admits that Athelstan is the father. One would think King Eckbird would know this, but I'm guessing he didn't. I don't know how I felt that was a little. Eh. But upon hearing that Athelstan is the father, King Eckbert says that the child is sent from God and will be Christian Alfred stopping Judith from being continually mutilated. And once again, <laughs> making his son Athelwolf feel like a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not Chuck. Um, oh, why can't I find that word? Cuckle. There we go. Looking once, once more like a cuckle, but not only physically by another man, but by your father who's like, yeah, well, you want justice. This is not justice. She, she did nothing wrong. Uh, and that's how we pretty much in that story arc. There is a little bit of Rolo in this episode with him just staring at the Paris uh, battlements that Ragnar had made with Athelstan. I guess the brothers just simply aren't speaking for or Rolo's just preparing himself for a future where he's going to start taking a more proactive approach to what he wants in life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think our biggest story arc, of course, is the Ragnar, Athelstan, Floki coming to a head. We even began the episode with the two BFFs as they discuss Paris. And he says, this city is impregnable. We're not going to be able to take it. But that's a challenge for Ragnar that he is ready to accept and wants to accept. All the while, you got Floki building the boats for the Paris raid, and he feels he feels cut off. I love you, and I miss you. <sighs> I don't want to play devil, devil's advocate for Floki because I just I can't stand him. But I know a lot of people really love Floki, and I really loved Athelstan. So it just depended on who you really loved. But Floki, I could see him wondering, like, what happened to his best friend? I used to have this man's undivided attention. And now I get none of his attention. I'm another one of his servants. And that's just how Floki is choosing to feel. Because he's left out of these conversations. But these conversations aren't ones that Floki can and even wants to have. Floki is... He has his role and he wants to be included in these things, but that's just not his strong suit. He cannot discuss the idea of a much more further thought out dynamic in, within taking the city because quite frankly, Floki ain't got much to offer to that conversation. I don't think so. But maybe that's where he's feeling unfair. Maybe if you just let me sit here, and even if I didn't, I could just sit here. But he just doesn't. He, he wants to hang out with someone who is who understands him. And being fair to Ragnar, that, that's not Floki. 
every time he's even tried to talk to his friend in the last two episodes why they're in england he's just come up against a, a a wall of nothing but prejudice so yeah i've moved on to someone who i actually can trust with everything and vice versa this leads to athelston though having a not crisis of faith but this is when the show likes to play fast and loose with the gods sometimes but he gets a visit from his own christian god who gives him a sign as judith is giving birth to his child he has no idea that he has a child that his name is going to be alfred he he knows none of that but he feels as if he has gotten a real sign from his god which has convinced him that or at least made him feel once again like he used to when he was a monk and he becomes born again and he chooses at that point that not so much that i have to cast off even though he does cast off uh, the armband in for him that's a sign of i'm no longer following your gods not i'm no longer following ragnar as the conversation plays out it's i can no longer follow your gods in your ways or acknowledge them because per christianity no other gods come before me and he goes to ragnar to explain this but of course things happen in the interim that makes floki see this as further evidence for his own narrative finally word is brought to ragnar via floki and, and the survivor of exactly what king Eckbert and his son Aethelwulf did like they killed the children they killed the women they killed the babies like it was a bloodbath and while this certainly certainly upsets ragnar he uh he comforts the man and then kills him and i'm sure i don't i can't defend ragnar i know why he did it it's not a it's not a good look he did it because right now he's in the middle of planning a raid on paris if he tells everyone what has happened everyone is going to forget their their current plan and simply devolve into to wanting to simply go back and raid england and ragnar right now is selfishly i believe wanting to see paris he wants it's not just a raid because he doesn't plan on having a life there right it's not the same concept as he has when he's approaching when he was approaching england he's like yeah we want to try to 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 build land here all he wants to do is conquer paris all he wants to do is something for himself as ragnar the viking ragnar the curious you know he's he's in a moment of his own self and i'm not making excuses for that but it's he's not thinking about his people in this moment not completely and so that's why he kills the man but floki is like well well first he says i told you so hearing this news it is a big boost for floki and and not wholly unearned because he's like i told you, you can't trust these fucking christians and it's like fuck yeah he's like don't worry Aethelwulf and king Eckbert will get my revenge and he says well what about athelstan keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth and you see the look in ragnar's eyes one of actual fear because athelstan is still an outsider even though he's been accepted for most by most anyway as long as he is loyal to ragnar it's not going to take a lot to change people's minds as you rather see and once again playing devil's advocate for floki i hate it i can see the cult the the i can see why he would say it he's the one that said we should trust him what he doesn't understand fully and what ragnar's trying to tell him is is 
I trusted them. Even if, like, it's not impossible that Athelstan was played just as much as I was played. Him being a Christian doesn't mean that he's all automatically associated. He was our translator. I chose to trust them. And if anyone is to blame, it is me. We made these decisions, not Athelstan. But, but Floki cannot accept it, especially when he sees Athelstan throw the armband. He takes it back to Rolo, but in particular Bjorn, and tells him, look, Athelstan, he's no longer wearing it. I don't think that he is in our best interests. Bjorn gets everyone to turn against Athelstan. Now, Athelstan doesn't hide anything. He goes right to Ragnar. I like the moment where Ragnar was sitting there with his sons sleeping. <laughs> that was Fixer and Ube. And then he was startled and he <laughs> one boy fell off. <laughs> he pushed him off by accident. He didn't even wake up. Uh, I love those little comedic moments that show that Ragnar is a very loving father. And, and you know, he's still a human. And he... Uh, he hears because he's so excited. He's like, I've been born again. He's like, born again like a baby? <laughs> and he's trying to explain to him, you know, I found God. And, it, and he's happy for his face. He's genuinely listening to what he's saying. He's not going, oh, man, you're not listening to my gods anymore because I'm, I'm superior and you're inferior. He's just more like, my friend who was conflicted has found some solace. He's explaining to me. In a way in which Vikings should understand, right? My God came to me. Oh, what did he talk? What do you sound like? Well, he didn't talk to me. I just felt his presence. But he's thoroughly interested in this, not in a a uh, critical manner, but in a truly open interest idea. Like, wow, there's another God out there, and he's a powerful God. And now my friend has you know, who was conflicted has found his, his God again. He can no longer acknowledge. He points out and then he says, I guess that means I have to leave. And Ragnar, that's the moment he actually gets upset. Like, no, you can't leave me. I love you. you. But then he says, I'm happy you found your God. And then he hugs him. And then even when he says, uh, he starts to say, it doesn't matter where I go. Cause he's like, oh, he's going to still leave. Uh, Athelstan finish. It's about where you're going. Cause I will always follow you. And I will always love you. I will always. So he hugs him again and promises to promises to protect him. When Athelstan comes back into the hall and he gets all of the dirty looks, Ragnar comes out and brings him back into his confidence. He takes him back into the back room and they meet the traveler who is quite the character who told him about England and they tell him a little bit more. They tell them a little bit more about Paris and they're all really excited about this adventure. However, when... Even that doesn't get Ragnar convinced to either kill or banish Athelstan. Floki swears he receives a, a sign from the from his gods that blood must be spilled. He puts his his uh his girl Helga in a choco talk about you must tell nobody where I've gone. And he goes and kills Athelstan, who was praying at the time and fully embraced the idea that he like Athelstan knew that his days with Ragnar. That they were treacherous, but it didn't matter to him because he had the he was with the person that he wanted to be with. He loved his friend. Uh, and. Quite frankly. That's really shitty. <laughs> that he would die due to loyalty to someone that Floki is loyal to as well, but simply could not accept 
his place in that hierarchy. So that's that. And then the next scene we get to is Ragnar hauling his friend up a mountain uh, to get him closest to his God as he could. I love the jokes that he did, you know, where he smacked him on the butt and he's just like, for such a little man, you're so fucking heavy. And he gets him up there and he buries him. And, and you know, this is where Ragnar and I think the actor just does such a great job with their speeches, their little monologues, because this was just sad. You could tell he was heartbroken. This and think about all he's lost. Siggy, Torsten. Uh, what's the other one that they one eyed? Everyone he's known is leaving him and the person that he was closest to because even Lagathar, he still, he still got her, but she's got a different life. This is someone who's a friend, a truly, I met you. I knew you, I understood you and I chose to follow you. Even when we started off on different sides of something and that bond really became just so close and tight knit that even in death because anyone else would have left him there or you know thrown him in the ocean but he knew how important it was there's no one even with him right there's no one like Bjorn because all of them they they don't they're not unfortunately they're not going to care as much right it's shitty to say they don't care as much Athelstan was a hundred percent Ragnar's bestie and while they certainly liked him enough, they're not mourning in the same way because they feel in a, in, like they've come up against. He's Christian. But he took the time to give him a Christian burial. And then he says, what am I to do now? I hate you for leaving me. Uh, we had so much more to talk about. I, I you know, I, he laughs like, I didn't even know what a martyr was. And then he turned serious. And I still don't. Motherfucker. <laughs> Needed to explain that in more detail. <laughs> I just love that look that he gave to the grave. I still don't. It's just, oh. Oh, it was, it was such a good, good thing. <laughs> and it's just so sad. But he has to bury his friend. He's like, I, I'm inconsolable now. Nothing can console me. I have lost something that cannot be replaced, which has now irreversibly changed a part of who I am. And at the end, we see him take Athelstan's uh, cross that he was wearing when he died. He shaves his head and he says, please forgive me, friend. Not for what I have done, but what I'm about to do. Wake your ass up, because it's time to go beast mode. Goodbye, Appleton, as Mimi calls him. You will be missed. And uh, what is Ragnar? Like, Ragnar was all chill, but I would have been so scared of that chill. I, I mean, I don't know what Floki could have been thinking like I guess he thought this would be just a death because everyone had turned against him right so in his mind I can't can die he died you know Ragnar won't know it's me <laughs> you serious I gave this episode an 8.4 out of 10 it was really enjoyable even though I really did not enjoy that ending as far as I will never get my apple stint again. We do have feedback. Let's hop into the mailbag. Mail, motherfucker. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for uh, Vikings. Um, this is episode six of season three. I don't even remember when I watched this. It was at least two weeks ago. And I was going to watch 
seven and I realized that I never sent feedback and I went and looked. The last one I sent was for five. Um, so I'm going to try and do the best that I remember. I know there was another major death here. Um, freaking Ethelston, which is funny. I don't know what I'd never expected him to die. Um, it was actually pretty bizarre, the whole situation. I'm not, I'm not surprised that it was Floki that killed him. I'm surprised that, I guess, Ragnar took it so well. I'm also surprised, like, I, I really cannot understand for the life of me why, um, the princess thought she was gonna have a baby by another man. Tell her husband that it's not his and then just be able to give birth and just be scot-free. Like, I, for the life of me, cannot comprehend that whole situation in, in England. I was straight up bamboozled. For one, that she didn't tell anybody that it was Athelstan's. Um, for two, that the king didn't know it was Athelstan's. Like, weren't you fucking trying to hook her up with the man? Like... I feel like you was trying to get them to smash so that Athelson had a reason to stay because you wanted him to stay with you. And now that she's pregnant and it's Athelson's, she was going to keep it a secret. Why? Um, and she was just going to get her nose chopped off and her ears chopped off. As soon as they said that shit, my ass would have been singing like a canary. It was Athelstan. You ain't got to cut my ear off for me to know or for me to spill the beans. I promise you, I would have told him from the beginning. Like, I don't understand what she thought was going to happen. Why she told her husband that she was with child and didn't even try to have sex with him so that she could pin that baby on him makes absolutely no sense to me. I really honestly don't believe that um, he would have been able to do the math. Like, he seems kind of dumb. I feel like if she'd have just had sex with the man right when he came back, then three weeks later be like, oh, I'm with child. I'm so happy. We're going to have another baby. Problem solved. I That whole situation just really bamboozled me. I just don't, like, I know the kind of times it was, and I feel like she should know what kind of times it is. Like, you're not, like, it's not like the king is your dad. You ain't Renera. <laughs> you are the the king's son's wife, and you smashed another dude. And you know damn well that that ain't the prince's son, so why would you not try and live it up? Don't act like you're religious, because if you were, you wouldn't have had sex with Athelstan in the first place. So I'm just sitting here a little confused. Um... I am surprised that the king pardoned him, talking about some, this was God's will. You can't punish her for being seduced by Christ. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's all bizarre to me. Um, he's going to be devastated when he finds out Ethelstan's, uh, dead. I wonder if <laughs> Ragnar is going to steal that baby that belongs to Ethelstan. And raise him as a Viking. That's just a theory. I don't know why I assume that that's what would happen. I don't even know how Ragnar would know that that's Athelstan's baby. Um, but I just feel like <laughs> that's what the king deserves. For Athelstan's son to be raised as a Viking. Um, what else? Oh, and <laughs> I, like I said, I I was, I guess, I, I can admit when I'm wrong. Clearly... Um, she was pregnant. Uh, her name is not Torsten. Torin? I don't know. I, I gotta be honest with you. I couldn't care less what her name is. Um, I got the suicidal vibes from her. And I feel like the only reason that she isn't dead right now is because she was pregnant. And I feel like, um, her husband, Bjorn, would have been all up in her shit making sure she ate making sure she did what she needed to do so there's no re way that she could have been um well maybe not 
maybe not Bjorn, but all of the women would have been all up in her shit because she was literally giving birth, talking about, I don't want this. And then Bjorn's dumbass stepmama was like, you do, bitch, she just says she don't. So I'm going to go with she don't. <laughs> she does not want to be a mom. And she plopped that baby out. And promptly decided that she was going to get her husband's dick wet with someone else's vagina. Um, and she was like, I'm not mad. I have been in the mood. I know it's been a long time. Um, congratulations, you're a daddy. And um, now you can go ahead and marry somebody else. Torby. Um And if I'm not, okay, so if I'm understanding this correctly, you, you said last in the last podcast that I listened to, I think it was four, when we got introduced to, um, we got reintroduced, I should say, with King Horik's son, that Ragnar let him keep his title and let him keep his men in his land. Like, what the fuck? I understand Ragnar has a soft spot for kids. But he didn't have a problem murdering them other children that were smaller than him. So why he let this man keep his title like that? I I really can't understand it. That like I just don't comprehend it. And I'm hoping that I misunderstood what you said. But if I'm if I'm understanding this the way you explained it, that means that King's Horik's son is still a prince. So when he married Torvi, she's a princess, and Torvi and Bjorn just smashed. And if King Horik's son is not treating her the way she's supposed to be treated, and she gets knocked up by Bjorn, who is also a prince, because his daddy's a king, wouldn't that make, if they got married, a royal marriage? Because she's a princess because she married a prince. I, I don't know if Torvi just didn't have a choice, like why she got passed around, but how you go from King, like, uh, Yalborg to King Horik's son? Like, I, I'm gonna need this story because it seems very peculiar. Like, who, what does your daddy do? And where is he making all these love connections? And why is he passing you around like this? I don't know. I, I'm just trying to put this together because, I'm trying to figure out where Bjorn is going to find this princess that he's going to marry. Um, and he looked straight up uh, instantly in love with uh, Torvi. Isn't that what you called her? Torvi? Yalborg's uh, wife? Well, death did them part, so I guess it would be his widower. <laughs> um, if I'm understanding correctly, because she sat on that rock and she was like, you know what? I'm going to fuck you right here, right now. Let's do this, sir. I can't, I ain't mad at her, but um, you got me looking at Bjorn thinking he's fucking 16, 15, and I can't unsee it because, or I can't unknow it because you keep, you brought it up a hundred thousand times uh, before. So now it's like, this is weird. How old is she? I don't know. But I think I, I think I like it. My poor baby Rolo out here spinning, and I, I just don't know what to do with myself. Like, I'm very sad for him, and I really, <sighs> is he going to have any kids? Is he going to find love again? He, he didn't marry um, Siggy. But he was showing love with her. Oh, and the other thing I want to talk about, because, like, listening to your, um, your no, the last podcast, when we were talking about free women. So I would like to, in my defense, ex, uh, defend myself, because you never explained what a free woman was. We were talking about it in the, um, I, what's the word I'm looking for? In the context of a slave Versus a free woman. So to me, I didn't think we were talking about married, unmarried women. Because to me, you can be married and be a slave. <laughs> you can be a free, like not a slave, be a free person and be married. So um, 
that right there, confusion, I want to blame you because you were not specific. I have said it on thousands of occasions that I don't understand these rules and regulations of being a Viking woman and being a Viking. I, I don't understand it. I know they have a, more privileges than, you know, westernized women and Christian women, but I still don't know the rules. Um, so when you said free, I thought we were talking about free versus being a slave, not you're married, so you're not a free woman. Because to me, we never saw um, Siggy and Rolo decide they were going to get married. But we didn't see, well, Floki and his baby, his wife got married. But that was like recent. They had been together before that and they weren't married. But she stayed with Floki and didn't go around with other people. So, like, I, I just can't. I am not going to sit here and feel stupid because I didn't understand the context of what you meant by free woman. So I just want to say that. Um, but I understand that. Um, but it didn't seem like uh, I brought that up only to talk about um, my least favorite person who I still blame for Siggy's death as log um, because Ro uh, not Rolo. Ragnar straight up said, I, I would have rather you had sex with this man right in front of our kids as long as you was watching him. <laughs> he does not give a rat's ass about her sleeping with that man. He is more angry that she wasn't watching their children and Siggy died. And he probably, you know, because Ragnar is very observant when he wants to be, I'm sure he sees Rolo uh, reeling over the death of Siggy. Yeah, I'm not going to be over that either. Um, I do like the fact knowing that you said, you know, behind the scenes, the actress had to leave. So I thought they killed her. And that was just it. I was like, y'all some assholes. But at least knowing that she needed to leave the show meant something, uh, means something to me. Um, and I'm assuming if she they killed the character off, it was, you know, she needed to leave. I I still want to believe that she could she could come back because I know she was. At the same time that this show was going on, she was in Glee, the first season. So I don't know if she left and she thought she was going to come back and they wouldn't let her, so she was in Glee. But um, I don't know what year this season came out, but I know she was in Glee around the same. Oh, no, maybe maybe I'm lying because she was only in season one, and that was like 2000 and I want to say 2009. This came out. In 2011 was season one. Never mind. I don't know. But I haven't seen the actress in anything else. Not saying that she's not acting. I just haven't seen her in anything. So who knows? Um, what is the last thing I want to talk about? Um, the last thing I want to talk about is how excited Bjorn was to have a daughter. Um, and then he named her Siggy. And that shit melted my whole heart and I wanted to cry. But I was happy because he was really excited to have a daughter. He was like his daddy. He would have cursed the world and been like, you bitches suck because I wanted a son. I want all the sons. I'm going to leave everybody for the sons. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and uh, Kelf uh, and him being able to raid with with um, uh, Lagatha. I don't know. She's taking it better than I thought she was going to take it because seeing his face and seeing how much like his like his hair's grown. So I'm assuming it's been a while and he's probably built his like uh, Yerldom up and she's just there, you know, with Ragnar and Bjorn just not being anything doesn't have a title. And I just it just pissed me off that Ragnar is just, you know what? I, I stole this kingdom from her and you're like, you're like rewarding me. And I, I honestly hope it go, turns around and kicks Ragnar in the balls because I think that's what he deserves. I'm going to stand. I don't care what you say, Christina, you and your raggedy ass devil's advocate. Ragnar is being an asshole because Lagatha would have dropped everything if the, she was reversed. Actually, she fucking did. She risked everything to help him when the situation was reversed and he seemed to not give a shit. Like, at all, that Kel literally stole that shit from right under her. Like I said, I agree that she should have had somebody else in the cut. And I think having, you know, slaves or the women on her side, low-key, like, 
taking notes and shit probably would have been a smart thing to do. I mean, you live and you learn. She trusted the wrong person, but Ragnar is still being a little bitch, and I'm going to stand on that. And I don't think there's anything anybody can say to make me not be on lack of the side, because Ragnar, at the very bare minimum, should have at least held dude accountable. But he's, like, rewarding him for stealing shit. And, and until this is rectified, I'm still mad about it. So... Yeah, I'm going to end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, the black girl magic, queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Queen Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode. I didn't know I was like saying that you didn't know. I thought, I thought she was like, that shit's on you. You didn't explain it. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't explaining to say you should have known. <laughs> then again, it's been a couple of weeks. I don't know how my tone was. <laughs> but I didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, your first thing. Oh, Ragnar took it so well. Did he? Did he take it well? <laughs> the thing it is, you have to know about Ragnar. Go back to season three or season two. That man pissed him off to the point of no return. And did Ragnar show his anger? No. Ragnar don't, he don't have that reaction where it's visceral all up in your face. Nah, that bitch, I would have been more scared of the fact that he's quiet, that he don't say shit about it. That's when I would be fucking terrified. But as far as, uh, and I truly think that the, how they were trying to play it up was that this could have been a crime of passion. Anyone could have done it. Right. But Ragnar is not stupid. Um, that's why he made sure Helgi be like, oh no, give me an alibi for the time that Athelstan was killed. And he probably got that alibi and he thinks that's probably enough. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was a little odd that King Eckbert didn't already know that Athelstan was the father. Maybe he feel, figured Judith was, was being a whole hoe bag or, or and this is what I believe anyway, he wanted plausible deniability until she spilled the tea on who the daddy was. I think if she would have spilled the tea earlier, she wouldn't have gotten to this point. You're right. She is stupid. I would have too. I would have totally fucked my husband and be like, this is your baby. But she seems very naive and silly and was used as a pawn. So there you go. Um, as far as King Eckbert, like how they feel in England, Athelstan was kind of like a saint. Not a martyr, but a saint. Because uh, that's the reason why he got him down off the cross. Well, not, well, not only because he used him, but then remember he was uh, he was bleeding through his his hands. Eckbert certainly was using him as someone that was rather blessed or ordained by God. Torvi, Torvi, Torvi. Okay. So he let Ellen Deer keep his lands and his wealth. He did not allow him to keep his title. He couldn't because Ragnar is king and his sons are princes. Elendor is no longer a prince, but he didn't leave him a pauper. I genuinely think personally, this was a fucked up decision, but for whatever reason, Ragnar had a soft spot for a man's firstborn child. Um, so he made an emotional decision and a, he was making it practical all the way into that moment. And he couldn't request, he could not deny that dying man's last request. And, and he, and he, and he did. So, yeah. Uh, as far as Torvi goes, so she wouldn't be married to a princess, but she came from, I, how I put it like this, and they really in this season and this show don't go really deep into it. I think they might a little bit more in season five and six, but there is a whole nobility and aristocracy, whatever you want to call it, in Sweden itself, in uh, where they're at. So there, there's people out there that have, Ragnar may be king, but he does have his nobles. We just don't meet a lot of them. Elendor would be considered one of his nobles, one of his vassals. Uh, same with Kalf or in the case with Lagatha, Lagatha, that she's one of his vassals. 
which means in a lot of ways, if he wanted to just straight use his kingly, he could have said, oh, well, you're coming with me regardless. Now I will give, and this is a point that I think maybe we could be misunder or not me because i i'm i'm all, i'm with you with the fact that man you're just real chill about this man still in her kingdom but again look at what he learned himself about stealing of lands getting himself personally involved the king being personally involved in that shit he does not want to do that even if it is for his wife because he it's going to show favoritism and that's gonna no matter how much that truly is the right thing to do on a personal level on a objective level it's not like you you got uh you got had girl you got had uh that's your situation to deal with and i think honestly ragnar thinks that lagatha can deal with her situation and while yes Lagatha looks all you know she doesn't really look defeated to me but she seems to be going along with the situation because Kalf is not I know you say you he's she's hanging out but she's really not she's there with Kalf and uh, Elendor and Torvi what has happened is Kalf has said look we can co-rule together I'm still the Earl I'm still the one with the title but I'm actually not kicking you out of the table of power not only that I want and my desire for you to be for you to be my wife is something that I that Lagatha has in her favor. So she's sitting on that. And like and like Ragnar, they're not they're not impulsive people. They just don't. OK, here's what happened. Uh, let's go do something right. It's like, mm, let's look politically at the field and start making political decisions. Now, does Ragnar always make the correct political decisions no does he always make political decisions when he should make human decisions or does he make human decisions when he should make political ones yes no one's saying he's perfect but in the same sense of there needs to be some objectivity between them and i think if he had rushed headlong in there like a knight on shining armor like a knight in shining armor and simply unseated calf all he was creating was a civil war and that's the last thing he wanted it's the last thing that lagatha wanted so i think lagatha is not angry at ragnar because she fully understands why he made that choice she may disagree and wanted him to do more but lagatha's not stupid either she's been as just as many power tables and understanding as he is that you gotta play the game and the same way that ragnar himself can be unseated he can't just be like oh oh man i'm seated you gotta go get it and i know you're going back to season two thinking well that's what happened. no she volunteered <laughs> i love her but she volunteered he didn't beg her to come help me she came because it was the right thing to do and she loves ragnar point blank period uh so she she did that emotionally too so that's why i'm not holding it against him completely I understand why you feel the way you feel and in a lot of ways I empathize with that exact emotion for the sake of Lagatha and our love for her but I do think in the end he made the correct decision you want your crown back Tito get it take it from that motherfucker do what you need to do and then if I get a moment to, to step in there uh, and I could still look like the, you know, not being just handing it over to one person, then yeah. Rolo is hurting right now, but I do think that he's strengthening himself. While we see Ragnar starting to devolve further and further, we see Rolo really taking a front seat as someone who has, who's at that optimistic point where Ragnar was season one. There's a future out there. Let me go get that future. I'm curious now. Um, I think he did do his mourning, but he's now ready to ready for what's next, whatever is what's next. And and the seer even told him, like, bitch, you got a future and it's a good ass one. So all this boohooing. 
trust me, it'll be worth it. And that I, I can't think of anything else that would be a better motivator for someone to be like, all right, then as long as I know something's coming down the pipeline. Uh, what else? Oh yeah. That last scene I forgot to bring up. That was the most hilarious when he, when she was having a bad dream of them drowning because she still feels guilty about that shit. She did cause Siggy to die. There's no, there's no getting around that. And, uh, him just standing right over her bed being like, Oh, I've, I've noticed you've been having these dreams. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't care who you fuck as long as you're watching the children. And then she just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and he was not even phased because they they don't have a love marriage anymore. He's not even pretending that that's something that he wants from her, needs from her, desires from her. She was a broodmare. And I know you was dragging him talking about Ragnar to be like, oh, it's got to be a son. It's got to be a son. He wanted sons because he thought the seer was going to tell him sons, girl. He did. He does. He's not anti-woman or anti-female or anti-daughter actually he said if you recall season one or season two when when Gisa died he's like yeah sons you get jealous of daughters those are the most precious ones he he would have totally his firstborn was a daughter as well uh then at least I think his firstborn Gisa was older than Bjorn she always looked like it uh no he would not have cared that he she he had a daughter uh, and I think Bjorn remembers his sister. And he said, you're glad you're good to remember her. Keep her always. I, I don't think that he's that <laughs> misogynistic. But there is no debate from here on out to the next 100, 200, 300 years that unfortunately, males are the ones that can inherit wealth they're the ones that can have power in this world versus a female who can who has very limited power uh so that's just yelling against the 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 time gods (laughs) and we still are rather yelling against today and that's all i have to say uh can't wait to hear your feedback for next episode because i think you'll you'll uh certainly not be like oh Ragnar's taking it very well <laughs> no he's not if you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com my social media will be below remember to like share and subscribe until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic hustling, 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 hustling.